Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Bishop continues our series on the corporal works of mercy this week by focusing on giving drink to the thirsty. Hear more about the universal right to access clean water and how we can help those who experience water poverty. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here with our good bishop, and we have been doing a series on the corporal works of mercy. We started with giving food to the hungry, and today we're moving on to giving drink to the thirsty. Bishop, you said this one probably would be more important as far as uh, somebody's livelihood than feeding the hungry because you can go longer without food, but both obviously very important to survival. Exactly. And I think it is good to talk about the issue of water and drink because there are a lot of people in the world who suffer from lack of water. As you know, we talked about lack of food, but lack of water is even more dangerous mm-hmm. for people. And, you know, really, it's important for us to understand that when we talk about human rights, People have a right to food, and they have a right to water. Mm-hmm. And I think in our public conscience, it's important that we recognize that food and access to water are universal rights of all human persons. That's without distinction, without discrimination. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the teaching of the church. So I think, therefore, it, it has a place among the corporal works of mercy. And, of course, as we talked about earlier— Jesus, in the parable of the last judgment, did say, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. So, therefore, access to clean water is a basic necessity. And we need to to be conscious of this and work towards greater accessibility to clean water. I think We take it for granted, you know, here in our country. I mean, it only came home to me when I've traveled with Catholic Relief Services and became aware from my own experience in certain countries of of the problem of access. I saw this both in Ethiopia and in, in Nigeria. So it's an issue in Africa. I also saw it in Gaza, in the Middle East. So it's something we take for granted. Of course, there, you know, we can talk later maybe about things that we can do in this area to help with the problem of lack of access to good water. But I, I find it helpful to, to reflect on what Pope Francis wrote about this in his encyclical Laudato Si on care for our common home. Okay. I'd just like to quote Laudato Si on the issue of water. Pope Francis writes, Fresh drinking water is an issue of primary importance since it is indispensable for human life and for supporting terrestrial and aquatic ecosystems. Sources of fresh water are necessary for healthcare, agriculture, and industry. Water supplies used to be relatively constant, but now in many places, demand exceeds the sustainable supply with dramatic consequences in the short and long term. Large cities dependent on significant supplies of water have experienced periods of shortage, 
And at critical moments, these have not always been administered with sufficient oversight and impartiality. Water poverty especially affects Africa, where large sectors of the population have no access to safe drinking water or experience droughts, which impede agricultural production. Some countries have areas rich in water, while others endure drastic scarcity. One particularly serious problem is the quality of water available to the poor. Every day, unsafe water results in many deaths, and the spread of water-related diseases, including those caused by microorganisms and chemical substances. Dysentery and cholera linked to inadequate hygiene and water supplies are a significant cause of suffering and of infant mortality. Underground water sources in many places are threatened by the pollution produced in certain mining, farming, and industrial activities, especially in countries lacking adequate regulation or controls. It is not only a question of industrial waste, detergents and chemical products commonly used in many places of the world continue to pour into our rivers, lakes, and seas. You know, I would want to add to this, because I don't want to read the whole section, but the Pope does also mention some efforts, even though water is scarce in certain areas, efforts to privatize water. Hmm. And I don't remember which country I was in, I forget, but it might have been El Salvador, but there was an effort going on to privatize, and the church very much opposed that because... You know, turning water into a commodity subject to the laws of the market, that would be terrible. Right. Again, safe, drinkable water is a basic human right. It's a universal human right. It's essential for human survival. We're really denying the right to life when people are not given access to clean drinking water. You know, it's true that it can happen that might cost something to for a country in a developing world, for example, in a developing world, it's an issue that will have some political consequences, but it is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Well, and I was looking at some different stats about this and what the Pope is mentioning here of, of especially kids getting sick from poor water. I read that Sickness caused by dirty water and poor toilets kills one child under the age of five every two minutes. Yeah. That was from wateraid.org. They have a bunch of different statistics there. And it's hard to believe. It's amazing how something, like you said, we take for granted is making people sick, making people, you know, in pain and, and miserable, probably, and killing them. And it's something that, I mean, we just dump down our sink and just waste water so often. Yeah, and you know, I think where this came home to me when I've traveled with CRS is where there wasn't clean drinking water available. Yeah. And where we had to boil water or whatever. And just the scarcity, I mean, taking a shower every day, I mean, that's a luxury. That would be a luxury. I remember not being able to 
bathe um, because there wasn't enough water. And when there was water, you had to be really quick. Mm -hmm. You couldn't waste it, you know. And one of the things is we do waste water a lot, and, and that's not a good thing. And the Pope in the encyclical talks about being more careful about not wasting water. You're right about the diseases. I mean, one of the things that I saw in Africa was that mortality rate for children. I forget, I think it was in Ethiopia. A lot of the work of CRS is is to help with not just agricultural use. That's one of the primary things because you have to water, be able to water the ground when there's not much rain, but and so they have a lot of agricultural projects, but also efforts to to provide clean water. Mm-hmm. And CRS is very involved in that in Africa. And I was really impressed to see that. And one of the things would be how you catch water when it rains. Oh yeah. And then to be able to keep it and preserve it for drinking and then also for irrigation. So it was really incredible to see how much efforts are being made, but yet the need is still there. And the one thing I hadn't thought about before, so we've got, you know, you need to have water to drink and you need to have water to give to your plants for food production, uh, but also the sanitation of being able to wash your hands and how many homes don't have access to a a way to wash their hands even. And what that causes as far as diseases and and eventually death. Uh, Even if hospitals don't have access to clean water for sanitation and led to infant mortality rates increasing because of lack of sanitation. And so just so many different factors that water, again, which just is on demand, unlimited supply, you know, essentially in our homes and and workplaces. I remember the one hospital I visited in in Port-au-Prince, and the water was an issue. So there was a lot of bottled water that mm-hmm. would be provided from the United States that CRS was involved in providing that so that they would have clean water for precisely that in yeah. the hospitals. You need good sanitation. Again, something that we don't even worry about here. Yeah, I mean, so many things go wrong. I noticed also that as far as bathing, the people in the countries in Africa that I visited usually would go down to like a stream or something right. and and bathe there. But think about this. If that's polluted, mm-hmm. and which happens sometimes because of waste that's put into the water, mm-hmm. human waste, right. that's awful as well and dangerous. Yeah. So there's a whole lot. You know, Haiti was a real good example of this too because, you know, a beautiful island country and the environmental destruction there and also the pollution along the uh, sea was very disturbing to see. And all these have health ramifications. So I think it's good for us to consider this and to really take to heart what Pope Francis is encouraging us to do. Again, I think there's various ways that we can help in this situation. We might want to talk a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Laudato Si, you were quoting for Pope Francis. What chapter is that that they talk about water? It's early on. It's in, I think it's the first chapter. Yeah, it's chapter one. Okay. Where he, where the Pope looks at what is happening to our common home. 
So that first chapter, which is kind of depressing, to be honest, yeah. where he just looks at the situation. It's kind of just like, okay, these are the problems. These are the challenges. So he looks at things like pollution and climate change, loss of biodiversity, you know, and the issue of water. He has a, this section on the issue of water. To later on in the encyclical when he talks more about our response to the challenges. Okay. Well, if you have any questions for Bishop, if you have suggestions for a future topic, you can text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598, and we'll look at some references to water in Scripture and ways to put this corporal work of mercy into action coming up on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has a special mission to serve the Catholic Church in America. In 2020 alone, we've served over 800 parishes, schools, and nonprofits in more than 25 dioceses nationwide. We are a member-owned, not-for-profit cooperative, working hard to create a national Catholic financial alternative to the for-profit banks. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop, and we've been talking about the second corporal work of mercy on our list. We talked about feeding the hungry last week. If people want to check out that episode, January 4th. And today talking about, I was thirsty and you gave me drink, which came from Matthew 25 verses 35, and is also one of the corporal works of mercy to give drink to the thirsty. And... There's other places, actually, water is a very symbolic thing in our faith in general, uh, mentioned through scripture, uh, part of baptism. Any Anything that really jumps out to you in scripture of references to water? Well, definitely baptism. I think in the Old Testament, also in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3, God says, I will pour out water upon the thirsty ground, streams upon the dry land. Hmm. I will pour out my spirit upon your offspring, my blessing upon your descendants. Water is a symbol in Scripture sometimes for the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting thing when Jesus' heart was pierced with the sword on the cross— blood and water came forth. Well, the water we often think is symbolic of baptism, but it's also symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And you see that here in the prophet Isaiah, God speaking about pouring out water, and then immediately after he says, I will pour out my spirit. So that's one area in Scripture that I think is, but there's other things. I mean, Jesus was thirsty when he was hanging on the cross. He said, I thirst. Right. When he met the Samaritan woman at the well, he said, give me a drink. Uh -huh. So water comes up a number of times, and it does have significance. Obviously, the very physical, the physical thirst Jesus would have had on the cross or the physical thirst he had when he was talking to the Samaritan woman, but there was something deeper he was talking about. Because remember when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman, he was talking about how he was going to give living water mm. and she wouldn't have to come back to the well because she would have this living water. Again, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. There's a, a reference in Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, where Jesus says, and whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because he is a disciple. 
Amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. Uh, kind of interesting that it mentions specifically cold water. Because mm-hmm. it's refreshing, yeah. cold water, you know. I remember camping out in the Sinai Desert for several nights, and we had very, very limited water. We weren't able to bathe. I might have talked about this on the program before. And so you just had to keep it to drink Uh because we were in the desert. Well, it was very warm, even kind of got hot. So it wasn't very refreshing. The drinking water was hot. The drinking water, yeah, exactly. But what can you do? We still drank it because we needed needed it. But it wasn't refreshing. It it did somewhat quench our thirst. Yeah. Again, something that we take for granted, that our water out of the tap is is cool and... Yeah, if you're living in a hot climate, you might not have cold water. Yeah. I suppose there's other things as well, and maybe it's mentioned in Laudato Si, I don't know, that contribute to things like drought. A lot of that's, you know, acts of nature and there's things that we can't control, obviously. But are there things that governments can do, that people can do that would maybe help with things like irrigation. I mean, obviously you can you could put in canals or something like that places, right. but irrigation. And I don't know if that's something that CRS is involved with. Definitely. I mean, I think the uh definitely involved with irrigation projects mm-hmm. and capturing water. Yeah. So rainwater and all of that. I, I was at some of these projects in Ethiopia and and how they would with the terrain make it so that the water wouldn't just run off but that it could be captured and kept. So there's a lot of those kinds of projects. And then irrigation projects as well. Building of wells is another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, going deep, one can get water that way to help build water for those in need. So CRS is involved in that. And governments, too. I mean, climate change is, is a problem, too. I mean, climate change has an effect mm-hmm. on droughts, having mm-hmm. droughts, et cetera. So we see in even in our own country, the droughts in California, et cetera. So the world is interconnected. Nature is interconnected in these yeah. ways. So there's more direct things you can do, but then there are other things you can do. And we need a lot more education in environmental responsibility. That's why hmm. the encyclical Laudato Si was such a gift, because I think it has led to a lot more education in our Catholic schools, for example, about the environment and issues like uh, like water. Um, and, and having, uh, you know, uh, there's various things we can do. Um, you know, I think advocacy for these projects with our government because, you know, CRS needs needs the funding mm-hmm. to help do the, some of these projects. We have private donations, obviously, from our Catholic faithful, but we also receive government grants, which we really do need for these big water projects. Yeah. We can cut back on our own consumption of water. That's another thing, not waste water. You know, like, remember how much I waste water when I'm brushing my teeth, Yeah, you know, just leaving it run. Well, why not turn it off while I'm brushing my teeth right. and only turn it on when I need it? You know, I, I've become more conscious of those things. You know, you can look at your monthly water bill and, and you can think about, well, how can I cut back on consumption? And then maybe the money you save, you could give to CRS to help fund its water projects. I mean, there's various things. 
Yeah, I think this is kind of similar to what we were talking about with food in that just because I don't use the water doesn't mean that that water is going to be given to somebody in Africa that needs it. But like you said, you know, the money that we save on things that we waste and just being responsible and not wasting things unnecessarily. And then also to be in solidarity, you know, to take a short shower. Like, yeah, yeah it feels feels great to just stay in there, a warm shower, and yeah, I yeah. want to get out. Uh, just go until I use the whole water heater or something like that. Yeah. But it's so wasteful of, one, the energy that it took to warm the water, but also just that water going down the drain that it's a little act of solidarity to take a, a short shower or even a cold shower, you know? Yeah. You know, you think about, like I was saying, in, in some of these poor countries, you know, it's kind of a luxury to get a bucket of water and you uh -huh. do your whole bathing with one bucket of water. And I did that, I remember, and it certainly wasn't like taking a shower, yeah. you know, and at the end I just pour it all over my head. And, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you kind of learn to deal with the scarcity. You know, another thing, just the idea of giving drink to the thirsty. So I think helping in these projects is is one way to give drink to the thirsty. But even here, like you can do things like donate bottled water mm -hmm. to, let's say, a homeless shelter. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's different ways we can also more, you know, directly do this. Just a few ideas. Yeah. And one of the things that seems to be happening a lot lately is technology that might be helping in this area of filters and things like that, that they can give to families that, you know, maybe they have access to river water, but it's not safe to drink, you know? And so if mm -hmm. they can run it through a filter or, you know, the different kinds of chemicals that they have like tablets that you could put in water and it helps separate the good from the bad. So there's a lot of people that are working in this area, but they probably need funds to be able to help more people. And so something to look There's into. There's probably more education on this. I mean, I'm no expert by far. I just know kind of the basics. and But I'm sure there's things you could read about this on uh, good websites, you know, maybe United Nations, Catholic Relief Services, different websites about exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And people can help in those ways. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this was a great little exploration into our second corporal work of mercy. We'll continue our series and continue to learn how we can serve God, serve Jesus by being aware of, of people in need and, and helping in any way that we can. And also just praying for those that are thirsty, that, you know, whatever needs that they have would be be met and that people can be treated with dignity, like you said, that that this is a necessity. And actually, one other thing that I hadn't really thought about, but end-of-life issues, I think a lot of times that people need food and water and sometimes are denied that at the end of life in an effort to speed up their death. And that's something that we can never deny somebody of, regardless of their situation or condition, that we can't deprive somebody of food and water. Exactly. I mean, it could be a point where... It, death is imminent and someone's not able to take food or water, but right. that's different than allowing a person to starve to death or right. to die of thirst. You know, I know it can be very difficult, but in maybe those last hours or a few last days that you just can keep the person's mouth moist and mm -hmm. so that they don't, aren't in any pain or discomfort, again, as you said, to deny water or food with the purpose of or intention of hastening death is wrong. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you, Bishop, for another great episode. Could we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome, Kyle. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.